welcome to St. Louis City Press, an international friendly. Joining me today is a, a light cast, Patrick Stark. Hello. Nathan Halley. I have actually, uh, within the last couple of hours, started a diet so that I can become a light cast again. I saw some pictures of myself at a wedding, and I was just like, oh, nope, this has got to change. No. Oh, okay. Good luck. I'm Phil Halley. Uh, th- this is all we got. We'll see if anyone else joins us, but uh, let's get into it. I think we're showing up to the same degree that a city is showing up. Let's talk about the game. So I was in Cincinnati for a wedding, the wedding that I saw myself at. And everyone in Cincinnati was like, oh, man, your team is so good. Did you just sign all the good players? And I was like, well, we destroyed you guys. And that's been the only good thing in the last two months. So it was a lot of sad conversations over and over. I only watched the game on my phone. So my commentary is going to be very sketchy. So Chicago came out with the win. one nothing. Another Chicago win for the week. It was not another convincing game. We're obviously down some key elements of our team. Or maybe you can't judge us solely based on that. But we don't look good. Yeah. Uh, oof. I think uh, this is not an original thought by me, but I think I'm repeating something that Abby told me that she saw on Twitter. But it resonated, and it said that we're just watching the same game over and over, week in and week out at this point. It felt very similar. Teams lay back and play the counter on us, clog up the middle. We'll get into Nico's performance, but we don't really have a, a strong presence up front right now, and that really showed. So it was a frustrating game. Should we get right into that? Do you guys recall that cross in that Nico just completely whiffed on? Yeah. It was, you know, it was a good cross, maybe a little heavy. You know, you take a little bit off that because it ended up going out the sideline. But it was it was darn close. And it was probably our best scoring opportunity, although at least the way MLS calculates XG, it did not contribute. Well, because he missed. I think uh, XG is calculated based on actual, actual shots. Shot. But I feel like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a flaw in xg because i do think that was honestly probably our best scoring chance that cross yeah i'll agree with that i believe that was another game where he had zero shots and 0.0 xg is that correct i'm looking it up right now we don't have chris who uh normally is handling this stuff so here we go zero xg yeah zero xg this website new sponsor fbref.com has him at 0.0 XAG, which they call expected assisted goals. So they don't even give him the, I believe the MLS site gives him 0.02. Oh, okay. Well, this site might just be rounding then. I think I basically had 0.02 XAG for that game. I didn't read it, but there was an interview with Berkey where Berkey was kind of going after Nico's performance, which I don't know, doesn't actually seem great for team dynamics, but does seem accurate. Sometimes you got to call someone out when they've played like four terrible games in a row, I guess. Although you don't want to become the Cardinals where it's just like literally the only thing anyone talks about. In fact, I was thinking about Drew's comment from last week that we sort of brushed off that he was more worried about internal, like off the pitch dynamics than on the pitch dynamics. So he might have predicted this one. It's also Berkey's job as the, the captain. Though I did think Swiss practiced more neutrality, but maybe not. We were without Tim Parker. I thought maybe there were a few instances where where that showed in the first half at least. Yeah, we didn't think Nelson played well, right? 
Well, when you get sent off. <laughs> yeah. I guess even without the send off. I think the goal was kind of somewhat on him. So he had a howler. Yeah. And that goal was off of a bad Perez foul, which was almost him getting sent off. It was. He probably should have gotten sent off there for being honest. Probably should have gotten sent off for his, with a second yellow there. Well, so do we think Blom is just not fit enough to to put in a full match, or do yes. we think we're starting Perez? A little bit of both. Okay. If we if we talk about positive points, he has to be one. I mean, Berkey has to be one. He has to be one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Blum looked looked really good. I mean, he sort of saved the defense multiple times in the in the second half. Which was great being down a defensive player. Yeah. Makes me really optimistic for having him back at, at full fitness. Yes. Well, and if we get Nielsen in there, that's a that's a player that we have. That is a player that we have. I definitely think the future of the defense is strong. They've they've put together a solid defensive package that actually has some depth to it. So I I feel pretty good about that. Not a good game from Nelson, but you know, hopefully he'll he'll bounce back. Um, it'll be good to have Parker back. Definitely missed him. It really felt like we almost didn't have like a left back for a lot of the time. I mean, they were just flying up the right side of the pitch. Yeah. Now, I would also say that this was probably the first game where I felt like Nelson had a bad game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's been fine to very good every other game. So I don't know if there was just something about that matchup that just ate him up. But well, he's up against some strong players in absolutely. Shikiri and Kimura. I was reading online, people were talking about how like Nelson has had multiple bad games and has been getting worse. I don't I haven't noticed that. I don't I don't think he's been the problem. It was it was really this last game that it was super noticeable. So that would be my view as well. So what do we think about the yellow cards? Did he deserve to be sent off? That second one definitely was a yellow card. The second one was the first one. If it was, I feel like there should have been a shortly preceding it yellow card on Turan. We need to talk about that whole sequence, I guess. Yeah, let's rewind the clock a little bit. Phil, lead us in. All right, so there's a cross coming into the box. Bartlett is defending. He kicks high to try to get the ball, but, you know, he's nowhere near it. He's looking across. He's looking across his body, not at the incoming attacker. The incoming attacker comes down, head down to try to get the ball. Bartlett's foot goes up. He kicks him in the shoulder. I, it, it kept getting described as in the head. I think it's all shoulder. It looks like his toe gets him in the ear. I don't buy it. I think all shoulder, very near the head. A high kick in the box. That happens. The ref whistles the play dead. Eventually. Eventually. A little bit after. But before the ball comes in to Celio, who is you know back near midfield, and the Chicago player, Tehran, Celio stops at the whistle and is standing there because the play has been whistled dead. Tehran, full speed in, just absolutely hammers him after the whistle. Should have been a card in my book. I agree. I do think that the kick to the head is very similar, probably, to Klaus's. Which we were pretty strongly on the record as saying should have been a penalty. We were. So I could I could buy that. You know, watching, I have a screenshot up. Kamara is, I mean, he's in a full layout. 
His head is lowered because of that. He's not standing. His feet have left the ground. He's laying out to try to get his head on the ball. Bartlett has his foot waist high. It was poor, probably poor defending from Bartlett. It was, because he wasn't even near the ball, really. I don't think there was any kind of intention to it. It was a bad wave at a ball that was already past him. Yeah. And Kaimara didn't get good contact with the ball either. So it was kind of unfortunate. I'm glad that nothing seemed to be too injured from that. Well, I guess except Tehran, who did get pulled out of the game after running full speed into Celio after the whistle. And it wasn't even a run. He left his feet. It was ridiculous. It was like something you would be ejected from a hockey game for. In the heat of the moment, I was calling for a straight red. It was absurd. In my mind, it was very bad, especially because it was after a whistle on a player completely unexpecting it at that point. Because it was the, the ball was in the air. The whistle was blown. Multiple times. You can hear it in the broadcast. The whistle had been blown. There was there's there are sufficient seconds for Celio to like stop his action, stand around, and then just get blindsided. And still come out of it in better shape than Tehran. What do we think of Celio's performance other than getting run over after the whistle? I would have liked to see him pass the ball to Mr. Indiana. He did. He was wide open. Gary Indiana. I know that's not really his thing, passing the ball. I mean, Indy and I actually don't even know. Was it Nico or Ostrak? There were like two players open on that break. Yeah. I think that may have been a harder pass than it looked like. I feel like the the positioning of the defenders was such that that would have been a tricky pass. It actually didn't bother me. It wasn't a good shot that he took. It wasn't great. But with the way the game had been going, I, I personally didn't mind him shooting it, although it wasn't a great shot because I was tired of our crosses getting intercepted by defenders. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, because it's Celio and he does have a little bit of history of not passing, I think that's why we call it out. And the other guys were like completely open in front of a empty net because the goalie had pretty much committed himself. But, you know, heat of the moment, maybe... That and the Nico opportunity were probably our two best of the game. Um, Chicago had a lot of attempts. I want to talk about the funniest moment of the game. Let's hear it. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. We'll go with Casper P. Position? Uh, striker. He thought he had scored a goal. Then he proceeded to shush, very deliberately shush the away section. And then the goal was called back for offsides. So if you're going to be a dick... Maybe wait and see if the linesman's flag goes up before you make a fool of yourself. That was the highlight of the game for me, which I think kind of tells you how the game was. Chicago did have a lot of chances from from early on. Yeah, it, the first half there were a lot. Berkey came up big with a couple saves. It almost started again with like the like the midweek game with an early goal. Berkey had a really nice leg save. Was that Kamara? Had a he stopped Kamara early on. Yeah, it could have been could have been three or four. Out Berkey, which we've said a lot in the last few weeks. Yeah, no, the the Berkey signing. Yeah, I'm on record as being completely wrong about that one. Me too. Smarter men than us making these decisions. Differently smart men. Sure. Smarter at soccer. I'd like to see Lutz run a data center. Sure. All right. What other players do we want to talk about? Uh Stroud. I I, you know, I have continued thoughts on Stroud. He looked feisty again. I liked it. He had a good work rate. Now, to some degree, when you come on with 26 minutes left, everyone else is tired. You're going to always look look faster. But I honestly thought 
like okay i didn't ever think we were gonna score an equalizer because kind of bummed at that point but you know we were playing with 10 men and i thought some of our best energy and potential chances actually came when we were playing with 10 men there was some urgency and excitement now some of that could have been chicago was laying back but it was like oh yeah that's the energy that i like to see out of this team early on in the season i think we talked a lot about how they'd come out with a lot of energy and then around like 50 60 minute they'd kind of dial it back and then go hard again i i think they were playing a little bit more of that press style in this game i think i think you could see that even in the first half they were playing that press style i thought fairly strongly and they gave up you know those counters that then i don't know how much to attribute to parker right but like usually the defense is better at shutting down those counters a lot of those were getting through you know just passed straight through the midfield and and they were fast on the attack yeah i think I mean, this is all anecdotal, but that's all we do. We're not professionals yet. Uh, new sponsor, fbref.com. Not a sponsor. So I think if in my head, if I go back, there are a lot of times where Parker saves our butt at the last minute. Like he will intercept and be like the last guy standing and really hold down the the center of the defense. He He covers us a lot and I think enables some of that that press and more active forward stuff because we can, we know we have him back there to rely on. Uh, it was a little bit obvious that we were missing that. I thought Hebert played fine. You know, we, we do have more depth on the defense, but. And I heard somewhere that, that Bartlett was having some cramping issues throughout the game. Yeah. I, I saw that as well, which was exacerbated by the fact that Nelson got sent off. So uh, how about Leuven? Did we have any thoughts on him? I, I read people saying that he had a great game and it's awesome and we should be so thankful that we have him. I, again, didn't necessarily see that, but again, was watching on my phone. I'm just not a good enough watcher of soccer to know how much I can fault Leuven or how much, you know, it's just Leuven cannot make up for failings elsewhere the amount that I would want him to. I, I didn't see anything amazing. He took a couple shots from distance that... Yeah, that one shot went over, but not by much. I mean, a little more... A little more Beckham on it could have gone in. Mm-hmm. And he had one before that, that uh, the goalie it knocked out of bounds. It was probably going to end up going wide, but it was going to be close. And it had a lot of movement on it. And that was from even further out. That was well outside the 18 when he when he shot that. With some of those, do you think he would be taking those shots if Klaus and Alm or, you know, a better team were in there? Or he's taking those because he doesn't trust the rest of the team that's out there? That's a good question. I think it's both. I kind of think he's, again, make it, well, I'm making this up, but I feel like he's been told to shoot more, especially with Klaus out. I think that's not probably his normal style of play, but uh, with Klaus out, and he can make things happen. So if you give him a little bit of space, I think he can put a shot on frame. We should go watch some deep tape of Leuven in the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah, that'll be next. He got pulled off at 76 minutes. Do we think that was a... A message thing or a tactical thing or a tired thing i don't know those were weird subs for me that yarrow and glover yeah yep our boy danny glover danny crispin glover first player born in 2007 i was gonna say 1997 and i was like nope you off by a decade yeah it was nice to see him get out there he didn't do anything but uh i guess it's still a a moment but yeah the subs were they were super odd. I didn't understand them. That being said, when you're playing with with ten men, you're in a weird spot. So yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't know 
it would be interesting to see the stats on how much Leuven had run. Was he having to do a lot more with the 10 men? But And he did play in the Tuesday game. That's true. Yeah, that's true. To me, the story continues to be one of us missing some key players, us not being able to put together a compelling offensive story. We can put together an offensively compelling story, though. Yeah, uh, we really need Klaus and Alm back. I want to go back to something Nathan was saying about that energy we had at the end of the game. And that started making me feel good about things again. The, the game as a whole, not a great game. We gave up some opportunities. It's nice to know that we have Berkey back there to do ridiculous things and keep us in games that we otherwise wouldn't be. Again, this was Parker out, a man down, a cramping Bartlett. But I thought Blum looked really good. He looked um amazing and this was you know we haven't gotten a whole lot of seeing him you know you hear a lot of things but man he looked really good and you get him you get a healthy and fit alm and klaus up and i just i feel like this is an entirely different team at that point well here's hoping i guess we'll get into this in the midweek pod i was counting on the kansas city game to be like a backstop where at least we can win that and now they've come out, they beat Seattle, they beat Minnesota 3-0. Like, yeah, uh-huh. It's no longer a gimme. They look good doing it. Ugh. They've turned a corner, and they didn't even have to fire their coach like Chicago did. Yes, this was supposed to be, okay, well, finally we're going to have something easy, and now it, it doesn't look like that will be the case. No, I'm straight up worried. Yeah, Back at City Park, we do have Helen going to the game, so, you know. Oh, good. It's an hour later. Well, because Kansas City, obviously. It's going to mess up my vibes. Again, this is midweek pod content. All right. We'll save it for that. We'll save it when we have Chris and Drew back, maybe. I had something. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Were you trying to wrap this up? Because I have a little bit of a rant to go on. All right. You can go on a rant. I can I can give a five-minute review of Jesus Christ Superstar. No, if this is about soccer. So the, the midweek game was at Toyota Stadium or whatever, the soccer-specific stadium that the fire built and then abandoned. And this game was in Soldier Field, which is a football team stadium. And I hate that there are still teams in the MLS that do this. It just looked ridiculous. The crowd was like 18,000, which isn't a bad crowd. But in a stadium that can seat 65, it just doesn't look good. We got to get away from this. And I don't understand why they built and then abandoned a soccer-specific stadium. But the whole vibe of the game was just wrong. And I really don't like that there are still state, like these dual-use stadiums in the in the MLS where soccer teams are sharing with football teams i mean it does make you realize how incredibly spoiled we are with city park it also makes you realize how incredibly popular the nfl is all good points atlanta though they play in the same stadium as the falcons and fill it basically every week yeah atlanta's weird did you see that the city's traveling supporters got relegated to the like the third level off in a corner oh wow now that's standard like you usually put the sure. traveling supporters as far away from the field and the home supporter section as possible. But it does seem ridiculous when they're literally the only people right past the fifth row. Exactly. I, I totally get it. We do that. The traveling team at City Park has probably the worst seats in the stadium. That's fine. But when you're in a 65,000 person stadium and it's like, oh, we'll just put them uh, way up there. That did look ridiculous, but it was nice to see all the numbers. I think actually a lot of people who were not particularly worried about where they sat because of the lack of 
other bodies. I think there was a decent showing just in the general seating as well. Yeah, I read a, a statistic. Is it a statistic? I just read a fact that said uh, Chicago has been averaging about 12,000 people a game and it was over 18,000 for this game. So probably some combination of the built-in St. Louis-Chicago rivalry, which is actually a real rivalry, and then traveling fans up to Chicago. They were really trying to push the rivalry aspect, which these two teams are in different divisions. I just, yeah, it doesn't work. But there was a lot of anger on the pitch. So there was, it, it will, it will likely develop as most will, but it definitely seemed forced. Uh, Drew was very upset. I know he's not here to talk about it, but he felt the same way vociferously. Uh, one of the standout bizarre moments was at the very beginning of the game, there was a large banner calling out the St. Louis sponsor Purina with like a silhouette of a dog pooping, but it was huge. Did you see this? No. It was on the Apple broadcast. I'll have to see if I can find it. I didn't understand the wording of the banner, but I interpreted it in general as being making fun of our sponsor. Additionally, there were some hats that were being offered as, I don't know, a, a, a giveaway, or I don't know if they, they looked official. It looked like it was broadcast by the Fire Facebook page about Chicago greater than STL. I think it was like an add-on giveaway that they'll do. It seems like the Cardinals do it all the time, where you pay a little extra and then you get like a thing. It seemed very aggressively negative towards the team, the fans, more so than... Uh, anything else I have seen. Hopefully for the midweek pod, we'll have some news about injuries. We'll see. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, I thought it was an excellent production. Uh, the weak point for me was Jesus. That's, you know, it's hard shoes to fill. But <laughs> Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about going to the thing on Tuesday, but hopefully I'll report back from the, the player meet and greet and practice event. I think the players have to be maybe a little bit relieved that this is a very public practice because I would have to imagine that Carnell or the staff would just be ripping into them. I mean, they've got to be upset. I I worry about the inter-team dynamics at this point. It's got to be rough. I'll ask some tough questions. I don't recommend that. You know, we're... Okay. Uh, fluff. We're real people. I'll ask some, real people I'll ask some fluff questions. Yeah. That's what I said. Celio tattoo questions. Yeah, exactly. All right. We will talk again. We'll look ahead to the no longer a giveaway Kansas City game. I'll talk to you then. Adios.